Welcome to the Wrong Storm Podcast, episode 60. I'm hoping there's been some Christmas music played in. <laughs> we don't deal with the intro, so we don't know, but season's greetings to everyone. It's December, we're officially allowed to play Christmas music. <laughs> and also, this episode is called The Run Strong Guide to Christmas. Yes, so we, <laughs> we should have some Christmas music in there. Because we're each going to do our top five presents for runners today. It's, uh, it's that time of year, we have to do this sort of show. And uh, yeah, we've got a list, mate. I've got a list. Let's see. I, my list is not, my list didn't stop at five. I've got too many things. Uh, mine is thoughtfully put together, mate. Thoughtfully oh, put really? together. I've actually got some things that you would probably quite like on my list. Huh. Let's see. Let's get to that later. <laughs> First off, mate, tell us how are you? Thank what's you. going on? I, I'm really excited. I'm, well, I'm actually, I'm, I'm itching to do some more running. I, I'm on my final taper before my first race of 20, well, first, first and only race of 2020. Um, no, second, actually, I did the half marathon. I lied. So it is my second race of 2020, but I'm excited to be racing this weekend. Mount Sana. Mount Sana 60K, yeah. Very excited. What's the plan, mate? Uh, go as hard as humanly possible. <laughs> lead, lead off the front. No, I'm not that type of person. I like to uh, reel people in. Solid. So not go as hard as possibly as possible. Go out measured. Averagely hard as I want averagely as hard as possible across the 60k. Nice. Have you you've done this race before, right? Yes, I have. Yes. Have you got a, a pace in mind, a strategy in mind? I do. So my first year, I've done it. Th this is my. This will be my third time. The first year I did it was eight hours thirty nine in a year that was just brutally hot. Mm. I remember it was like people were dropping like flies everywhere. I was cramping. There was, you know, we had two and a half liters of water for some of the seven eight k checkpoints, and we were running out. People were walking, just sitting on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts and then the second year they did it they moved the race i think about a month earlier and i took uh one hour and 39 minutes off my time nuts. Wow. so that was just over seven hours i think last time i ran it and this year i'm looking i'd, I'd like to go somewhere in the sixes obviously but how far into the sixes we'll see you've been doing some some tempo work right I have, yes. How's that been? Very nice. Yeah? Been yeah. Hitting, the, hitting the paces necessary? I have been hitting the paces. Because I've been, actually, because on the side of this, I've been trying to get my marathon. I'm trying to get my marathon time down, aren't I? I'm racing a fast marathon. So I've been hitting some marathon tempo paces. And mm. so they feel really, really good at the minute. So Excellent. whether or not there might be some marathon tempo paces brought into the flat sections of this race, we might see. <laughs> Would you say you're in the run shape of your life? Uh, I feel really strong at the minute, yeah. Very it's good. hard what, to tell. What's been the, the key? No uh, racing. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I like, do you know what? I'm, re I'm just really enjoying training. I'm not, there's no stress or external pressure. I, I've, yeah, because all of that's been removed, I just look forward to every session and I'm really enjoying the harder sessions. So that's good. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually just stalking your training peaks as oh, we thank speak. You. Yeah, it's a lot of tempo in there, isn't there? 
Yeah, short, short, sharp stuff for a, for an ultra runner actually. Mm. Very good. Be excited to see what you can do, mate. Yeah, it should be fun. We've got a good crew as well. I think we've got. I keep the list keeps getting bigger. People just keep messing me. And go up. Oh, by the way, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah. You have me to the group. I think we're now up to 25 athletes from our community that are running that event. Nice. I don't, nice. I'm not sure what their cap is. There can't be many other people able to do it now probably not <laughs> yeah exactly so that would be fun and then we've also got are you you're heading up to rack aren't you yes we're we're back on double j's final time of 2020 for our christmas camp mm, and some so guys we, are going to be doing some big things there right well yeah actually one um <laughs> Just one. got mr winters doing an everest which will yeah. be very fun that's my my only job for the weekend is to make sure he does an Everest. Um, Skinny will be taking on the, uh, he's doing the cyclist. So there'll be some intervals on the, on the Friday. And then there's going to be a, a hill time trial on the Saturday. Beautiful. Awesome. And got Jess with the triathletes. They're doing a brick session on the Friday. And then they'll be joining in with the time trial on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. We've got road run on the Friday which will obviously be Steph a lot of hills with yep. Steph and then trail run on the Saturday, which will also be with Steph. Beautiful. So a really good mix for all the guys. And yeah, we try and get as much quality in on, on those. Well, they're mornings, aren't they? That we do them. Um, but mm. four or five hours of, of pure quality hill work over on Jibble J, something a bit different out of the city. I'm sure it'll be a bit busier because of the weather now, but that's fine. We get there early, don't we? And most of the time we're, we're pretty good up there. Not too it's quite, it's, I was going to say, it's quite nice that you see all the other athletes up at Jebel GS training as well. There's normally a yeah. good buzz on the mountain, isn't there? Everyone's quite friendly, like waving to each other, supporting each other. Yeah. Say hello to the goats. Say hello to the goats. There's always someone camping at the side of the road. Yeah. There's my favorite food truck there, which is called Meat and Bread. <laughs> you know exactly what you're getting. <laughs> oh, I, I question where the meat comes from. Oh, the goats, mate. It comes from the goats. <laughs> no yeah, so it's, it. a, it's a busy weekend ahead for everybody. It is. It is a very busy one on the way. We also have our endurance social, don't we, coming up? Yeah, Christmas party on the 18th. Our socially distanced Christmas party. Yeah, we're all going to log into Zoom with a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's on the 18th. Uh, it's going to be good. I'm actually racing that morning in Hatter at a oh. off-road triathlon. This is which... the this is the Garmin one, right? Yeah, I feel highly unprepared for. Have you been out in the mountain bike since we spoke last week? Uh, after this call, mate, I'm heading out. Actually, I need to eat something and then I'll, and I'll head out for a, a nice little easy spin on the mountain bike. But yeah, I've not been over to Hatter yet with it. I'll do that, well, for the race. <laughs> as, as standard, I'll go in as unprepared as ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I need to do a bit of a course recce. I don't think it's too technical. As you're running. canoeing. <laughs> yeah, I actually was meant to do some skiing, which I haven't done. I'm hoping that the 50K I did in, on my birthday earlier in the year is enough. <laughs> Still in the arms. Okay, so you're banking on the run being your strongest part. Yeah, trail run as well. Not done that for a bit. 
I like it. I like the zero pressure. I just go yeah. along and just have fun. And well, see this is it. Yeah, it. why not? That's yeah. the way to do it. That's the way. Sweet, mate. Why don't you tell us? Well, we were chatting just before we start the show about this incredible thing that happened on the weekend with the with the world half marathon that went on. Um, sorry, not the world half marathon, Valencia half marathon. Yes. Tell us what happened. So in effect, it's well, Valencia in Spain, it's the last chance for professional athletes to run a fast half or full marathon in 2020. And the half marathon was the race probably the race of the year, I would say. There was four men broke the world record in that single race. The, win- <laughs> the winning time was 57.32 by uh, Kibiwot Candy from Kenya, breaking the, the previous half marathon record by 29 seconds. Insane. 29 seconds. And then... Um, who do we have as well? We had Jen, I oh know I'm going to butcher the name as always, Jinzebi uh, Debaba of Ethiopia. She won the half marathon as well. Um, or it's her half marathon debut and she won her half marathon for the ladies in 65-18. Interestingly, both of those athletes were wearing the new Adidas carbon shoes, those bright fluoro yellow ones. Yeah. Which is interesting, isn't it? We're finally seeing the answers to the to the Vaporfly. Yes. And actually, the guy, uh, Candy, pipped the second place runner. Uh, who was the second place runner now? Du, 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 du. Uh, it was uh, Kip Limio. Or Kip Limo. He was runner up. He was five seconds behind. And Candy just passed him in the final stretch with a massive kick and uh, overtook took the, the podium off Nike oh, for Adidas. What an advert. <laughs> Just a sea of fluoro. Crazy. That is so fast. The mm. first 5K was like 13 minutes, 37, and then the 10K was 27, 25. Yeah, absolutely. In. Just nuts. And he got some good prize money for it as well. I think he got prize purse of $42,000 for winning. And then he got an extra hundred thousand euro bonus, which is about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars for breaking that fifty-eight minute barrier. So it's worth the hit, isn't it? He's going home with one hundred and sixty odd thousand dollars, which um, life-changing amount of money for those guys for sure. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable, crazy. I'm very interested to see some data on these adidas shoes i mean i've actually been using them you've been using them mm-hmm. i have the the original the first pair the pink pair yeah it's these sure. though they're the it's same exactly, shoe. yeah they just rebranded yeah. it with a different color yeah yeah it's the same <laughs> shoe. okay um and yeah i mean i gotta say i've i have been running in them for my uh well not much actually but any sort of quality runners that i've had which has only been about two I've used and oh boy, do I see a difference. Real I've done, difference. Yeah, I tried, I tried two runs in them. Um, again, it was some tempo runs just to see how they felt. And I, it was, I was going much, much faster than my tempo effort was meant to be. And it felt, it felt, it felt like I was cheating. You could yeah. really, really feel the kick in the shoe. Yeah. Um, and then I went, I changed my shoe at about the halfway mark. 
back to um, it was some on cloud flows. I think I was wearing, and they felt like they were lead balloons. Felt oh. there was no give, nothing. It was it was not. It took me about two k to get back into it. Yeah, just and the thing is though, people are wearing these. I see people on the beach track running in these all the time for normal runs. Not sure about hmm. that. I think it's yeah. like riding around with a disc reel on all the time. You're yeah. Just ruining them for race day. I was having a discussion with somebody yesterday about this. How do you feel about records falling in this shoe compared to previous records that didn't have carbon? Yeah. It's a new era, isn't it? I think maybe there needs to be a, a distinction between a, you know, records broken in carbon shoes and records broken in non-carbon shoes. Yeah, because this then, in effect, like I didn't get any fitter or change my technique, but I put on some shoes and I felt a performance enhancement. Yeah. And it's yeah. a biomechanical performance enhancement, isn't it? It's not like I've had a, an extra cup of coffee. Yeah. But yeah, you're running people. faster for less cost. Yeah. But yeah. then in effect, but then do you say, well, actually, it's open to everybody. Anybody could buy one of these pairs of shoes if they wanted to. And so it's, a, it's an open playing field for all. Yes, that's what they're saying. I mean, that was the argument with, um, what's his name last week, wasn't it? With uh, Killian Journey. Mm. That they weren't publicly available, but then now they are. So that yeah. record would have would have stood. Uh, and what they, they weren't even a carbon the, shoe. Uh, Phantom. Fantastic Four or something plasm like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Phantoplasmis mix or something. That was, yeah, so it's a stupid name. Um, because then I referred back to, because I was discussing then, I remember when I used to swim, uh, it was Speedo brought out their, didn't they bring out that, yes. like, I don't know what they're called, they're called the V something racers, and they were the super, they called them the shark skin suits. Yes. And I think in Beijing 2008, all of the world records got all broken in this swimsuit. Yeah. And so in and 2009, Fina said, do you know what? Nah, we're not having this. They banned them, never yeah. used again. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think the difference is with that is you, like your everyday person can go out and get these pairs of shoes. And especially the Adidas ones, they're not, that expensive i mean they're expensive yeah. but not compared to the nikes um and you feel the difference instantly whereas with swimming you you have to be going at a pretty high speed anyway to feel the difference of what yeah. that could do so just to drag yeah it wasn't so accessible so like the poorer countries couldn't get access to it and the sponsored athletes like the yeah well we have seen it with running like the Nike athletes for the last three years have dominated because they had access to the, to the best carbon shoe. Now we're seeing this Adidas shoe has been launched like way, way, like what, three, four months back. Mm. And suddenly the Adidas athletes uh, are starting to dominate. So it, it kind of is similar in that sense, but I just think the swimming was on a much smaller scale and you the technology i think was only available by by like speedo so it put everyone else at such a huge disadvantage so they did ban it but now with these shoes like maybe 10 different brands do a carbon shoe um the world has just taken it by storm haven't they everyone's yeah. running in a, in a set of carbons now so i think they've gone too far past the point of banning it i don't think you'd be able to 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It is. And it, oh, it well, is. we jumped on board as well. I know whenever I do my marathon, I'm going to run in carbons because yeah. I want to see how fast I can go. Well, I was told um, two years ago, nearly, maybe it was two years ago, I was doing myself a disservice not running in the Nike carbon shoes. And I always just thought, yeah, but I'd rather stick to the shoe that I know I like and let other people <laughs> run in carbons and, and overtake them. And I was lucky enough last season, a lot of the time I was overtaking people who were in carbon shoes and running quicker times. But now when you get more to the pointier end, I look around and everybody is in a carbon shoe and, and uh, you know, I am now I've tried a carbon shoe. I really feel, I understand what people were saying to me that I was, I was doing myself a disservice because mm. I ran, I had a first sort of quality long run on uh, yesterday. So Sunday, and I had a, a pretty solid Saturday day of training and then went out and ran at my goal Ironman pace and my heart rate didn't budge out of the top of zone two. And I did like, so I did 70 odd minutes, an hour and 10 um, total at Ironman pace, all heart rate zone two, and it felt effortless. Whereas before yeah. at this point, like I haven't been doing any sort of run work like that. At this point last year, I would have been, you know, heart rate would have been way up into mid zone threes. And it would have been, oh boy, I've got a lot of work to do to get fit at this pace. Whereas now I'm like, sweet i could probably build to this sort of pace within six weeks with issues mm -hmm. it's so like because, it is like you're cheating so because of that have you readjusted your goals and your no. pacing goals based on technology no no it's one run i can't say um if i get to like two months out and i'm banging out like the pace for fun and my heart rate is, is getting better it's dropping to like low zone two then obviously you're going to look at it and go, yeah, we can, we can run faster. But right now my goal is, is, is as hard as it gets for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't need to be more. Yeah. I don't need to put more pressure on saying, Oh, I can go faster than what I think. It's already a huge goal to go as fast as I want to go. And I'll be, everything will have to go really well for me to get to hit those numbers. So if I have a little bit of leeway, that I can use on the run, then that's even better. Yeah. Another thing I actually wanted to ask you, your goal is, is it based on previous results and previous winners of certain races, or are you going on your max effort, what you can achieve and improving on that? Yeah, no, but it's based on previous races. So what my potential is mm -hmm. and also what the time I need in order to achieve what I want, the result I want to at, well, Ironman South Africa, which is what the, where the next race is. And uh, yeah, the goal is based off what, what my max potential is on my best day and aiming for a result that puts me basically in the top three of my age group. Based on, yeah, based on previous winning. Yeah, and it's something that I would never thought was going to be realistic for me, but yeah, it will be. Excellent. Yeah, it's exciting. it is. It is exciting. And you can kind of work backwards with it and go, okay, here's the time we need to do. Here's what you need to swim, bike and run. And now we're putting together the power needed for it and the run pace needed for it and the swim pace needed for it. And then you do sort of testing workout sessions to see if it's on or not. And right now it's definitely on. So that's mm. cool. So would you say that COVID hindered or helped you? 
Um, I don't think it, I don't think physically, apart from not being able to swim, it made much of a difference to me. I think probably not racing kept me a little bit fresher. But less stress, I guess. Less stress, but then I love racing. So it made me probably have to dial back a little bit more in training. But then I got injured, didn't I? Um, start of September. So I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know. We'll find out in a few months. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we will. Normally, the past two years, this has been around the time of Bahrain, 7.3. And yeah. it's funny because my body has peaked for the week. For like this week, just gone the week before, I was like, I could tell I was at complete race fitness. Like even just like my body lost weight, my numbers went up. Outside of training, I felt like I normally do on a race week, which is just completely lazy, tired, sleeping all the time. It's like my body knows what time of year it is. <laughs> it's really odd. Really odd. It's going, whoa, 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 why are we not tapering? What's going on? Yeah, li literally like that. Like, and everything has come back. Like, numbers have come back high. Um, yeah, I feel like I could race tomorrow. But obviously, there isn't anything on. And, I, and that's one thing you need to not, when there isn't, when you are three months out from a race and you've been training all year, which we have been, you can get yourself into top shape, but top shape isn't necessarily healthy. So then mm. you have to dial back without going and sort of PRing everything and getting yourself sick because you, you haven't got a rest week like you would after a race. So you kind of show your form with a bit of like, you go into a peak phase basically, but you don't want to actually peak because then you require a lot of rest off the back of it. So it's almost like, you're revving the engine, you're like, oh, this sounds epic, but you can't actually go into top gear because you smoke your tires and everything falls apart and then you yeah. it takes too long to to build it back up. Yeah, it's a weird yeah. feeling, very weird feeling. Let's move on. Let's, what else happened? What else Daytona. Happened? Daytona. We talked about Daytona last week. We did, did you watch it? Is there an awkward I watched... time? I think I got the timings wrong. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's anyway. The women started at 7 p.m. Mm. Sunday night. I watched the first hour. So I watched the swim and the first bit of the bike. And then I went to bed. But um, I, I was watching the highlights on Instagram as well. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, I was so impressed with, um, with how it went. I watched the highlights as well. And I had a look at some of the results. Paula Finley won the women's. She just... She just stayed steady and smooth for the whole race and mm. just did enough basically to stay in, in the lead for it. But Annie, Annie Howe, who's the Kona champ, she was on an absolute mission on the run from what I could see. She just was clawing time back. And, you know, she is a runner. That's how she won Kona. Um, and I think it was said like if the race was, you know, 5k more she'd have probably come through but this is the thing it, it wasn't the race was, was eight, the distance that it was it was an 18 an 18k run wasn't it yes yeah 18k run so yeah i mean it was just incredible to 
to watch and see this men, this caliber of athlete all in the same place, taking on, um, taking on this race. The, it was, people were, I don't know if you saw it, mate, but the, the blow-ups were catastrophic. <laughs> I saw, well, this is it, what I was watching. Just, I just loved that it was so back and forth. And oh it was my just, God. Like, so, you know, somebody be like, put a huge, especially on the bike, it was, it, what you said last week happened. So the good swimmers came out full guns blazing and then started getting caught up on the bike and then the runners were catching up on the run. And it was just, there was so much movement. And it was, you know, it was shot and filmed really, really well. So you yeah. could always see what was going on. You could see how far people were ahead. You could see, I think they had on screen at all times, like the top 20 athletes or something um, with their splits. You could see how far they were, how fast they're moving. It was just like the footage was insane. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really well done. And um, yeah, like that swim, I didn't see the men's swim. I saw it quite a large pack came out, but with the women's, it was, yeah, the pure swimmer, Lucy Hall, who, who led out. And then you flick forward to the run and she was walking. Yeah. Um, just absolutely blew herself up. And yeah, what you got to remember is that bike is just undulating. Like you can't, you, you just have to keep your head down and you have to just work hard because there's no downhills to relax on. There's no uphills to change your position, climb out the saddle or anything like that. You're just 20, 20 laps, trial. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. 20 laps. Yeah. Your time trial. Yeah. And, and um, she, I saw her walking. She didn't stop though. What I liked is she didn't pull out. She just kept watching. She said, fuck it. I'm going to yeah. walk the whole thing. <laughs> and that's one of the key things to um, this race was no matter where you finished, you were getting prize money. Mm. So you're only you not going to get paid if you didn't finish. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with uh, Annie Howe because she came off the bike in six and then ran herself up to second place. And another one who I was interested to see was Holly Lawrence. She's a former 70.3 world champ. She came off in bike in ninth, which I think she was expected to do um, better there. And actually, I think, Holly Lawrence, if you're listening, your seat's too high. But <laughs> whatever, we can, maybe you've had a bike fit. But it looked it anyway. Um, and they've just put together a really incredible run to, to stay within the race and to stay within the, the good, you know, the top 10 where the prize money was, was really yeah. decent. And uh, it was just a very good race to watch because it was three hours total or the women's was, was three and a half hours. Yeah. And that, that top four, you would... Paula Finley's not... Um, She's not a known, she's not an Ironman athlete. She's like a former ITU. She went to the Olympics. She had a terrible Olympics and she's almost rebuilt herself as a long distance triathlete. So this race, she won it last year. So she knew it and it suited her and this, these distances suit her. But then Annie Haug is Ironman world champ. Laura Phillip is a really strong Ironman. She's probably a future world champ with an Ironman. Holly Lawrence is a 70.3 specialist. Uh, Amelia Watkinson is, I think, a long-distance specialist. And I don't actually know a lot of the other names. Nicola Spirig is, I think, Olympic champion. She was 10th. So it just shows that there is a real mix of, of ITU short-distance and long-distance triathletes and how they can sort of mix between the different distances. Like, they just need 
specific training um depending on what the the race is what i don't think a lot of the longer distance athletes could go much shorter than this i think they would struggle with the with such high intensity um but it's great that the itu lot can come up to this sort of distance and the and the long ironman guys can come down to this sort of distance because it means that this event can be so exciting every year because you can train say they can go to kona in october and then they can suddenly do a really short focus block for something like this race and it can still be interesting and the itu guys can do their normal um seasons summer season of the itu world cup stuff the world championship stuff if it's an olympic year the olympics and then they've got time like again another three months or so to get to up to this sort of distance yeah so it is a very interesting i would uh, it's been going on for two years i can't wait to see how it develops where what happened in the men's who was the winner the it was gust of someone i think it was wasn't it gustav eden who is the 70.3 world champ and yeah. what I find very interesting for him is he won the world champs in Nice, which is a very hilly, um, tough course. And then he'd come to a completely flat course and showed, yeah, by the way, I'm still the best here. His, um, his runtime wasn't the fastest, but it was still averaging around 3.15 per K after an 80K bike, which is <laughs> lightning. Um, and Matthew Hansen, who is an Ironman specialist, ran, I think, around three tens per K for the for the 18K, which is rapid. And then a lot of the big guns, so the, the ones we expected to see, I, I thought Alistair Brownlee was going to wipe the floor with everyone. He pulled yeah. up with a calf, calf strain. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Sebastian Keenley came out and said he was sick. Uh, the week before and had some a little bit of an injury in a leg um who else didn't do as well as i thought they might there's a few tim o'donnell pulled out which was a shame um but yeah i think a lot of the longer course guys maybe they just didn't handle the intensity right because it's it's this sort of training for this race will have been so intensive and hard it will have really beaten a lot of them up Um, yeah because well brandy was winning wasn't he yeah he was he was coming he was off the bike uh first i think and was i mean he would run these guys into the floor if he's if he's on form i think if he if he was fit and on form he would have just yeah smashed it but um what else what else did i see hang on i wrote a little note here uh someone called vincent was kicking off he's olympic champ well world champion he was he got a two minute time penalty and was not yeah, they had uh, the camera on him and he was going nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. Because they're not used to that. Like, they're, they're used to drafting short course, mm. so it's hard for them to get their head around not being able to do it. And it was a 20-metre draft zone and, and he obviously just didn't respect it enough. Was but that a 20-metre draft zone? And if you're going to make a move, you had to do it. Or if you're within that draft zone, you had 45 seconds, I think it was, to get to make your move. Yeah, yeah. And then a lot of the... A lot of the Ironman guys were first in off the bike. I think uh, the course was just long enough for them to show their strengths and come through. Um, and then only, well, coming off the into the run, like Lionel Sanders, who's a very well-known Ironman guy, he ran himself to fourth. Sam Long stayed where he was. Vincent Louis actually lost place because of that penalty. 
But if we look at where Gustav Eden came in, he came in 15th into, into T2 and ran himself from 15th up to first. And a lot of the other ITU guys dropped off a little bit. I think they probably just biked a bit too hard and underestimated how fast the Ironman guys could run or the 7.3 guys could run and hold that pace. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not surprising to see the 7.3 world champ win, win this event. There we go. Not. If you didn't watch it, you can go back and you can um, you can have a look at it. There's lots of footage on their Instagram, which is what is their Instagram? Uh, PTO.org. Yeah, I think yeah, and I think they actually have the full professional triathletes org is their full Instagram name, and it's got loads of the highlights. And you can actually go back and watch the race if you want. Yeah, it's worth it. I think it's worth watching the finishes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I just love watching a, a big race like this again. It was just cool, isn't it? To see. It's good to see Hot. so many people, yeah, so many people racing and racing hard. Yeah, and I think we can almost, if, if you are a, a runner, a biker, swimmer or a triathlete, you can almost relate to what these guys have been through this year because we've all kind of been in the same boat of not being able to race, sort of had to keep training, not knowing what's coming. And then you can almost feel that with them can't you like what they must have gone through to get to the start line and what it means to them to to just race and, and show what they can do because remember as well these guys are all sponsored so that they'll have commitments to their sponsors and they'll have various things that they they need to do and they'll have race um race goals or race commitments as well so it wasn't just about the prize money for them it was about showing you know, their sponsors out front. It was about making sure that they get a contract for next year. It was showing that what they did in their off season was working. And there's just way more to it than what you actually see um, on the actual race day. Way more. There we go. Superb. Right. Sweet. What is next? I think a little bit of sad news, mate, which um, is more in your neck of the woods with trail running. Yeah. So we had, yeah, it was a really sad news is that the Andrea Husser champion, well, she used to be a champion ultra runner. She, she fell to her death whilst out on a training run in Switzerland. She actually, she is a Swiss ultra runner as well. She was 46 years old, um, slipped on what I believe was probably icy rocks, fell about 140 meters when she was crossing. It was like a stream section. Um, yeah, near somewhere near Bern in Switzerland, yeah. and yeah, sadly passed away. Very sad. What um, do, have they? They know it was a slip. They did she have runners with her? Yeah. Well, apparently, no. Well, they they find her underneath. They sent out search dogs, so police rescue dogs, and then find her below where she slipped. And apparently, it was pretty pretty sketchy where she was. Like not anything. Um, wasn't what would you say unresponsible it was just a, a normal trail but just where she was just must have lost her footing and then yeah unfortunately slipped and fell fell down the cliff mm. very unfortunate sad um yeah it is sad to see what's what else is happening mate in the in the running world of recovered running world not much has actually happened since since uh, Killian, really, in the ultra world. 
kind of go into a little bit of a Christmas break yeah, now. Exactly. He says he's going to go for it again, though. What do you reckon? I uh, don't know. I'm not convinced. I think I think maybe it's just a bit too far, a bit too fast and a bit too far. He didn't really train for it. I think he needs to really train, and then he could probably do it if he trains. But without training, I think it's just too long. Yeah, I know. He needs to get healthy as well. I don't know what what occurred, what causes dizziness and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I also, okay, I'll tell you what else is in the news that I was reading about, and I'd never heard this term before, and you didn't know what it was either, so I'm going to <laughs> question you on this. This is the rise of the run streak. Now, if somebody said to me, what is a run streak? I would have thought, you take all your clothes off and you go running. <laughs> like, yeah, if, if we used to get, like, nailed in FIFA, like you didn't score a goal in FIFA, that's what you had to do. Yeah, so. and it's like, it's a rugby thing, you know, you have to go, you take your clothes off, you have to run around a car park or whatever. If you get eight balled um, in um, in pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was looking on Instagram, I saw these people just talking about run streak. I was like, what the hell is this run streak? And it apparently, well, they've coined it now as the holy grail of running. So marathons are dead, ultras are becoming, you know, just sort of a side portion, but run streaking is where it is at. And it is in effect, you go for a run every day, but then you go again the following day and then again the following day and again and again and again and again. And it's how many days you can consistently run mm. on successive days. That is a run streak. Was it made up by a physio who needed more patience? <laughs> yeah, maybe actually. Um, but it's getting, obviously, it's, people love motivation. And I suppose it's a huge motivating factor for loads of people that wouldn't potentially, maybe they want a weight loss goal or they need a fitness goal or a health, well-being, whatever it might be. Um, so there's, you know, hundreds of people now going out and about, maybe probably more than hundreds, obviously thousands, millions, going out and trying to hit these run streaks, uh, see how many days they can go for. That's only going to end in tears, isn't it? It's going to, yeah. I mean, where do you where do you say, what do you say is a minimum distance? If I, you know, I could go out and I could run one minute and call that a run streak. But that's yeah, not I didn't gonna, think of that, actually. That's not going to do me any favours. Good point. Yeah, there so needs what, to be a minimum. I would say there has to be a minimum distance, and I, I haven't found out if there is a minimum distance yet. On um on Zwift, there's a yeah. there's that thing as well, and you can unlock awards for like riding streaks. Um, okay. I think the longest one is called unemployed. <laughs> and but it ha you have to go more than ten k. Right. Okay. So maybe yeah. the running one would be two and a half k. Maybe I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, there was a guy called Mike Wells who's from Nottingham who's been on a run streak for over one thousand and twenty five days at the time this article was there written. Wow. There we go. And he said, as I love food, <laughs> running is a great excuse to eat more than I otherwise could and or should. <laughs> That's brilliant. Why so do you run food? It's the fat people that want to run more, so they are, want to eat more, so they go for longer runs. <laughs> That's not good. That's only going to end badly. Yeah. Anyway, so that is, that's what else I found this week. Brilliant. But should we talk Christmas? Let's it's nearly it. Christmas time. Let's do it. Top five Christmas gifts for runners. Or 
are we going to go runners or general endurance athletes? Ah, uh, runners, I hope, because that's what I've done. All right, okay. Should we start? Should we each do our fifth, and then each do our fourth, each do our third? Oh, I've not ordered mine. Let's just ah. do let's just do five in any order. Okay, you go five, four, three, two, one. I'll just pick five out of my. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen. Good lord, mate, that's too many choices. Okay. All right. Okay, let me pick five. One, uh, two, three. Well, I want to know all of yours actually. Four. Okay. But I want to know a top five. Okay, well, I'll tell you the others afterwards. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's yeah. go. Any order. Okay. okay, I'm going in priority of of order okay Starting with my number five your least important my my number my fifth of the top five presents for runners in 2020 <laughs> is obviously the run strong program oh, oh fantastic now depending on how much you like the person you can buy one month two months three months four months five months or six months worth so if you really like the person, six months worth of Run Strong is an epic present for a runner, if you're asking me. You put that five on your list, so clearly you don't favour retirement. <laughs> What's your number five, mate? Or give us one of, one of yours. One of mine is a hockey ball. Ah. Now, why would I put a hockey ball for a runner? That makes no sense. But obviously, it's because lots of people do not take care of their, if you like, their maintenance, their rehab, their prehab. They don't roll their feet. So get them a mm. hockey ball and they can roll out their feet and they will become a better runner. They'll spend less time at the physio. I like it. It's good like for the it. run streakers. My next gift is number four on the list. For a runner, a running lactate test. A running lactate test. Yeah, so wherever you are, I'm sure you can Google um, lab testing for runners or sport sport physiologist labs and go and see if you're in the UK, universities or in America, colleges. Um, mm -hmm. If you're in Dubai, then yeah, a few other options. Find out a place that does them and give it, gift it to your running friend because that is actually useful for a runner, isn't it? That is really good, yeah, as opposed to doing it yourself. Yeah, if you go out and find it and blah, 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 if someone else does it all for you and they set you a date and say, just go up and, and go and have fun, then awesome. And you get some great results from it. I really like that gift. Yeah. Give us yours, okay. mate, number four. Another one on my list is a road ID bracelet. Ah, oh, jewellery for Christmas. Jewellery. And in fact, what it is, it's a little band that you wear around your wrist and it has all of your personal information on there. Your name, uh, emergency contact, your blood, type any type. illnesses ailments that you might have so if you do for example fall and hurt yourself or maybe you go unconscious you're fine at the side of the road or the trail people can contact people and they know your particulars because not everyone can get into your mobile phone no uh, it's called ice id isn't it in I case so, of yeah. emergency id yeah 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 icc icid ice ice ID. Yeah. The, the brand that I actually used before was called Road ID and they're not expensive. Road ID. No. They're very nice. And if you want one that'll last, you can tattoo it on your wrist. <laughs> you can do that as well. Just hope that your uh, emergency contact doesn't change. <laughs> doesn't People change. calling. Uh, the, uh, this, why are you calling my ex wife? 
Yeah, in which case you need a tattoo voucher. Or you change your phone number. You end up calling um, Jamal from Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> My number three is a naked running band. Oh, I had that. Yeah. These are so good. I mean, yeah. we use them all the time. Even if you're not running with water, still run it. You just stick a card in there, a GoPro, a gel, or you can get two lots of 500 mil bottles in there. They're just useful all around, aren't they? I can't, sometimes I even wear it just normally in my day because if I've got shorts on with no pockets, I'm like, oh, I need something to stick a, a naked running band on. Love that. Yep, that was on my greater list of 15, but I knew you'd have it, so I didn't make my final five. Unreal. Head yep. to sported.ae for those. Yep. Very good. It- friends, friends of ours, friends of the show, friends of Inner Fight, top, top guys, David and... Uh, Oh, Rianca. Rianca. I your name. Sorry, Rianca. Um, yeah, they do some great stuff on there, actually. Yeah. But if you're, I suppose if you're internationally based, do they deliver internationally? I'd imagine they do all sorts, mate. They're a US yeah. company, aren't they? Yeah. I meant do sported deliver internationally. Pass. Okay. Next on my list, you're going to like this one. Good quality coffee oh for Robert. yeah yeah so it's nice and cheap you can get well you can go to any this is good it's world over there are hundreds and thousands of awesome roasteries out there get your running friend a good bag of coffee so they're fueled up and they're awake and alert on those early morning runs what's your top coffee mate brand yeah oh i don't know it's too hard I've had so many good ones in my life. Yeah, same, same. But I remember hearing once that the original place of coffee is actually Ethiopia. So I always choose Ethiopian origin coffees. And they sell one at the gym at the moment called Three Coffee, which has a Ethiopian origin coffee. Always go for that one. Always go for that one, Ethiopia. Yeah. There we go. Actually, well, we should speak to, there's a few guys at the gym who are doing coffee degrees, aren't they? So we can ask them what the best beans are. Yeah. I mean, I just listen to a Joe Rogan podcast and that's my degree. It's all I need to know. <laughs> okay. Give us your number two. Number two is a book, actually. Oh. But it has pictures in, don't worry. It's called Epic Runs of the World by Lonely Planet. Oh. And it does... City runs, trail runs, marathons, ultra marathons, all sorts of routes. And I just think in the year where everyone has had to stay in one place, not allowed to go, now the vaccine's rolling out, we'll be able to travel more soon. Buy them this book for some inspiration, motivation, and help them to plan some future running. Because I think we've learned this year, we don't always need races, but we do need a goal. And you can get some real good goals from this book. Love that. Okay, I've got something quite similar. I would say audiobook, (laughs) (laughs) and it's called "Running Runners of the Best Runs of the World" by Lonely Planet, read by David Attenborough. (laughs) No, I could say a training journal. Now, whether that's a subscription to Training Peaks or whether it's a hard copy written down training journal book. But get your running friend a training journal of some description so they can log what they do, how they feel, 
what paces they were running at, how far they ran. It might be Strava. It might be whatever. Um, Training Peaks subscription. Training Peaks subscription or a hard book or Strava subscription. Like it. Log your runs. Yeah, useful. Number one. Oh, your most important one. Number one. Top five friends for runners. I don't know what this is going to (laughs) be. I think it was meant to blow up this year and I don't think it did as much as people thought. But I think next year is the year of running power meters. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Go if you want to go and buy. I think because it's something like a pure runner wouldn't buy themselves a running power meter. I think they would need to be gifted it to try it. And so I would gift your running friend a running power meter. And I think once they start using them, they'll probably get quite hooked. I'm hooked on mine. You like yours, eh? Yeah. yeah. And actually, Jeff bought me mine very kindly yeah. in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. That actually was on my list as well. Yeah. So that's it. I think it's tough buying presents for runners because we all have things that we like and you can't sort of, like I wouldn't want anyone to buy me like a random pair of running socks or a pair of shoes. Like those are all things I want to choose on my own, like mainly kit stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think we can, we can and should help with things that might give some inspiration or be able to track things like you say, or something that, is useful for runners, but that runners generally wouldn't spend on themselves. It's a good place to start. Do you want to know my other one? I've got my fifth one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is very simple, body glide. Ah, oh, so useful. It's like, mine are more stocking fillers, I would think. Yeah. So body yeah. glides, stop that chafing. Ah, mm. oh, yeah, it's a very good one actually. And then, yeah, so there's my top, well, not top five, but there is five that I would, I would gift people for sure. You've got 10 more. I don't know how you thought of that. Yeah. Well, actually, I... Cause I Let I me guess music. one. Go on. Uh, spare batteries for heart rate monitor? <laughs> no, but I did put something with batteries in there. A head torch? Correct. Yes. Okay, that's the one. Guess another uh a monthly bundle of gels i did not put nutrition in there but what uh, would keep your nutrition fresh a fridge a cool box i put a, a cool, cool box. box that's a good gift for an ultra runner especially some of the guys that we have because they run literally for days and days and days and yeah. they need to keep their nutrition cool so Correct. a cool box is always a good gift okay so if you're thinking on those lines a camping stool i did not put a camping stool uh, uh, the flashing lights or that you put in your shoes <laughs> okay you're going to hate oh. this next one but lots of people would appreciate it it's a race bib and medal holder oh god I know you would hate that one but it's a good gift some people do like to keep their medals yeah. display them like of iconic races and actually I did see a really cool so you put your medals on the bottom on these hooks and then you have like plastic uh, casings for each of your race bibs and you slot them on. You hang them on these hooks as well so you can flip them like a, I don't know you call it, like a Filofax, if you remember one of those back in the day. Rolodex. Filofax, like a Rolodex, but of your race bibs. I thought that was actually quite cool when I saw it. 
so you're, you're showing off what races you've done. Maybe we call it a roller flex. <laughs> I need to just give a shout out here to um, one of my client, Miles's company, because he does something to do with this. He basically takes your medal and things and frames them. Yeah, really, really nice. But he engraves, so he does engraving as well. So he'll you remember what, what it's called. He engraves, uh, sorry, mate. Race. He, uh, uh, he's the by best. He engraves like really nice artwork of your, yeah. the, the route, or and then there's like really nice. Um, race mount. Race mount. Race, race mount, obviously. There's, and there's Instagram. a picture on there. Matt Happy, who you coached through 21 marathons in 21 days, mm. they framed his shoes and stuck his uh i don't know what they've stuck underneath but basically all of his oh no this is the date of his run and the time he did it in yeah every every time of his 30 and it looks really cool actually mm. yeah very, very I'm, cool. I'm still waiting for mine actually miles if you're listening i gave it to <laughs> you uh well over a month ago now so this might force him to, to shift Maybe into put, gear, but what i did was I gave him my race suit from uh, the European middle distance champs in 2018, which is a GBR suit, which I'll never wear again. Um, So I gave him a GBR suit and then put a quote underneath, which I've forgotten what it was, but it was basically like, it's not a medal or anything, but it's the suit and a reminder with a quote of, um, of that day, because it was definitely one of the worst races of my life. And it would go in front of my turbo. So when, sessions get hard I look at that and go I don't want another day like that so I am motivated by it I like that yeah that's very cool so that was another thing I had obviously I had the naked running band which you said I had parameter which you said um a new watch is always good for new runners you've got to be a good friend for that gonna be a good friend yeah well that's gonna be a wife or a husband that are looking for purchasing uh what else they put a gift card for a sports shop potentially um so you can go buy your own stuff Yes. But I'll tell you one thing I actually did forget. I actually forgot to mention probably a good gift for a new runner is the Start to Run program. I, I would say, mate, that's probably a good one for you to mention. Oh, it didn't make my list. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. We should probably use this opportunity to, uh, like, say, get a coach as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is Coaching how we make our, yeah, it's maybe how we make our money, but we've completely neglected <laughs> to sell ourselves. But actually a great segue for me, mate, is uh, if you want to give us a Christmas present, (laughs) what you can do is please go and whatever platform you're listening on for this podcast, go and do as a review and rate us. Um, Whatever you feel we are deserving of, you can do that as long as it's uh, some constructive feedback that would be helpful Mm. or positive feedback. This is how Um, we show, this is how we grow and we get better Yeah, it's how we grow. Go rate and review and then share with a friend, just one friend. And as we've learned through COVID, just by sharing with one friend, you can make a whole impact. (laughs) So it's been a year of sharing and I would like everybody to stay on the sharing theme. Go (laughs) again. We want an R number of above one be very very helpful and would make our christmas of 2020 even better we both also like coffee as well if you're at the shops yeah yeah we'll take take coffee (laughs) oh my goodness 
I'll take anything with calories, to be honest. If um, <laughs> if you if you want to buy me anything, that's it, mate. That's our Christmas special show done. Next week um, would have been our Christmas special show, but we have a different special show because we have your guest on. We do have got a guest. We do. Sean. So I'm just going to say, yeah, Sean, who's going to run very very far in a week. <laughs> Exactly. So he's on next week. And then I think what we're going to do, mate, is break over the Christmas period, mm-hmm. Christmas week, New Year week. And then we'll be back in January with a bang. With lots of new shows and ideas. Oh, yes. Exciting times. Thank Sweet. you very much for listening, people. Thank you very much. Tune in next week for the final show of the year. We'll see you then. If you want to get in touch, you know what to do. We've told the email addresses a thousand times, <laughs> Instagram names a thousand times. But if you've forgotten, head to the show notes, have a look. One plug for you, Rob Jones. Rob Jones Endurance on Instagram, and I am Tom Walker Fitness. For everything else, guys, please head to the show notes. Remember to rate and review us. There'll be a link in the show notes for you in order to do that and share with your friends. And hopefully we can get this podcast growing over this month into the new year, ready for the Faster than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.